0: We're fruitful and multiplied, so we don't have four. We've got five members in our family. And so there's always an extra person playing with. And when family comes around, there's more people, even more people around the table with one pack of Rummy Cub cards, whatever they're called. So you're supposed to start off with 15 cards, but the more the people that sit around the table, the less cards you have to take to make the game work. And so... What happens is, if you go round, you have the ability to finish the game without climbing on the board, and I think that is awesome. My family thinks that's unfair. So what we did was, we implemented what we call house rules. You know house rules, where you take the game you're playing, and you apply rules to it to suit the house. So... are When you get to round four, you're allowed to ask. If you're not on the board yet, you're allowed to swap a card to help you get onto the board. And that's what we do. Sometimes you swap and you still wash the dishes. We won't use that L word. L is for love. So what we do is, even though we play the game, we change the game. We change it so that everybody can be included in what we are doing, included in the fun, included in the growth, included in the strategy, because they actually have to think now, what do I need to swap out so that I can get on the board? So this is why we change the game. And as we look at this passage that we have just read through, what Paul is writing to us is his first wants us to understand before we even get to it I, I need to make sure that we understand the context of the letter how many of you guys have ever been taken out of context hey, um, with your parents taken out of context with your spouse taken out of context um wow um, <laughs> uh, with at your workplace taken out of context And when you normally take things out of context, it becomes a whole lot worse. And so what we need to do is we need to have a look at this letter in context so that we can see how it applies to us so that we can grow as a family. So Paul, as he is teaching them about who Jesus is, he is telling them that the way they live their life needs to change as well it's not just about how you handle or conduct yourself when you come together it's how do you conduct yourself when you are out in the world see it's all good we want to build a culture in the church but we need to make sure that the culture that we have here is the same culture we have out there because if not we get that lovely word called hypocrite. So we want to be able to live life the same no matter where we are. And that is what Paul is actually telling this little church. And what we need to understand is this little church is new. Christianity at this moment is new. But the culture that they live in is not. So they have a culture where The husband was the only one that had a place in society. Women, children, and slaves were considered nothing. And so Paul's writing to them and he's going, Jesus is amazing, Jesus is supreme. Your lives have to include Jesus in everything, but what you need to understand, it's not about just meeting together. It's about what you do when you're out in the world. And so, as you read this letter, Paul is not condoning the culture. He's not condoning that women are less, that kids need to be obedient just out of mindless ambition, or slaves are right. What he's actually saying is he wants to speak the transforming power of Christ into the culture. And this is where we change the norm and so this is why I believe we need to change the game because the world is going to tell us our families need to be run in a specific way and Jesus goes, let me just show you how it's done. And so this is all about relationship with each other, not just in the church, starting at home. So we need to change our relationships With our spouses, our kids, and in our time, our workplace. Can people tell that you serve Jesus through the relationships that you have at this moment? One of the most challenging words in this passage is the word submit. I love using that word. At home, My wife, you saw it today. She loves kicking stuff. I'm not fat, I'm swollen. Um, I'm just joking, she doesn't kick me. Uh, But um, when my wife doesn't do what I want her to do, I go, submit, woman. (laughs) However, she throws the exact next verse at me. It's like, husband, love me. You see, it's not, we need to understand, it's not just one, it is both. Last week, we got our family to help us preach a word, and we spoke about building a culture it takes you and me. When it comes to building your culture in your relationship, it's not just what the other one needs to do, it's both of us. It is the wife and the husband. It is let me put it this way. Submit is such a dirty word in our culture today. It makes people cringe when you say that. But I love the context in which Paul is writing this letter. It's with regards to marriage. It says wives submit, not women if you're not married to him and he says, Submit, like this, say. Eh? Please, let's not take this out of context. Let's keep it in context. Women, wives, submit. I love how Pastor um, DJ put it when he was here submit to your Boaz, not to some other dumbass. Can I say that? Lazy ass. Broke as? I don't know. I'm just saying what the other pastor said. I'm fine. Submit to your husband. Because people like to use submission in a derogatory kind of way. But what Paul is pointing out here, it is not submission in mindless following or degrading. As a wife, you have to make a decision to place yourself under your husband. Let me use this example. In any sport, especially a team sport, everybody is selected based on their performance on on the field. So in rugby, you have from the prop all the way back to the fullback, and everybody is selected based on their performance, that is why they're on the team. But one person gets the role of being captain. Not because he is better than everybody else, it's because he has to lead the team to victory. And so you have to come in your position and submit to the leadership of your captain as. steers the team in every match. How weird would it be if you submitted to the captain of the other team you were playing against? It just doesn't work. And so it must be the same when it comes to relationships. Submit to your husband, wives. And we're going to get to the singles just now. Because you see, it's not a one-sided thing Because the moment Paul says women submit, he immediately pivots and goes, husbands, love your wives. My wife is going, oh yes, he does. When do you say I love you to your wife? On Valentine's Day. On your birthday when they buy you what you want. When you want something. When they say sorry. Can I challenge every husband here today? For the next week, at least once a day. Really, Milo, just once a day? Yes, once a day for the next week, starting after service. You walk up to your wife and you go, I love you. But you add one word after that. Because and one reason after that, and it needs to be different every day. So, Alison, that's right. I think that is right because the word I love you is so easily thrown out. You know, we can be upset with someone and go, I love you. But it takes someone to think about. I love you because your cooking is so good. I, I was, I was, I was thinking about everything. That just like this is the product of love, woman. You know, it's going to be hard because just remember, this is a challenge. Because Sunday after church is going to be easy. Because Jesus was here. And we worshipped. And we go, oh, babes, I love you because you inspire me. But then Monday comes. And everything goes pear-shaped. And then you go, oh, flip, I love you because I'm late. <laughs> but it's going to be hard. And you see, this is the thing. If you're reading Scripture... In the book of Corinthians, it says, what is love? It's Patient. But women, we're going to be late. It's kind. Paul says, don't be harsh. Everything that love is, we have to be. And in order for our relationship, can people tell that you love Jesus based on the way you love each other? How you talk about each other? how you talk to each other. And this is the thing. If you're single, if you're not willing to love someone beyond the way you feel, if you're not willing to submit to someone because of who you are, can I say, just hold on, don't get married just yet. Because what we want to do is we want to change the game. In marriage, it's all about me and what I want. But Paul is writing, come on, man. Let's change it. Wives, submit to your husbands, but, yo, guy, love your wife. Don't get so angry with her so easily. Don't get so angry with him so easy second thing we need to have a look at is our relationship with our kids. Very interesting passage, I must say. Because first of all, um, I as a father, I am here today with my father. And my parents will tell you I was such an angel growing up. I did nothing wrong. All I needed to be able to do is walk on water and I would have been Perfect such a lie. I'm saying that myself, but we know for a fact that raising kids is really difficult. But let's look at what the word says in verse 20. It says, children, obey your parents in everything. Isn't it very nice, as we just look at that verse, that Paul doesn't just say, obey your parents? Because you were kids before, you found loopholes always. Let me give you an example. My kids, when um, my oldest son actually, Judah, when he was about just, he was turning two, we always used to put him in this car chair, you know, Um. with that four-point harness strap, and it was there to protect him. But what Judah kept doing was he'd take his hand and put it out of the seat belt so he could lean forward. And we would shout at him all the time, put it back! And he wouldn't, and we would put it back, and a few minutes later, he'd take it out again. The thing is, he's still buckled up, but he's not 100% safe. The thing about obedience is there is no obedience scale. It's not like, oh, I'm 10% obedient or 90% obedient. Obedience is this, 100% or nothing. So what Paul is writing to children, he's going, you know what? Be obedient to your parents in everything. But you know what, Milo, you don't understand my parents. I don't. But be obedient to them because this pleases the Lord. Let me do this, if whatever they're asking you to do contradicts God, don't obey that. Otherwise, obey everything in service of the Lord. But then he goes, hold up, parents. It's not just about the kids. Fathers. And I want to change that quickly. I'm going to say parents. Parents. I don't usually change scripture, but I want to speak into the context of the the culture that we live in at this moment because we have a lot of moms that are single parents at this moment. We have a lot of dads that are single parents at this moment. So I want to say, parents, do not embitter your kid so that they may be discouraged. What you need to do is what do you think, what are your thoughts, what are your plans, what are your ideas for your kids? Speak that into their lives. Now, trust me, that's not easy. I've tried with three kids. They're all different. Each of them needs a different way of being handled. But Milo, they don't obey me. That's okay. Love them. How does God respond to your disobedience? with a lightning bolt? Oh, he still loves you. See, the world is harsh enough already. Can we be those people, as we change the game, that encourage, inspire, and uplift our kids so that they can go and face a harsh world out there and grow? And I'm not saying it's easy. It's something I need to work on as well. But this is what Paul is writing. He says, hey, change the game. And then thirdly, the thing we need to look at is our relationship in the workplace. And one of the passages that God led me to was in Matthew chapter eight. There's a story and account of a centurion that meets up with Jesus. A Roman centurion, someone that didn't believe in the Messiah, but because of what he heard, he ran to Jesus. And we normally look at Matthew chapter eight, and we tied in with faith. But let's have a look at it at a different way. This centurion cared for his servant so much that he was willing to go and find Jesus. But let's flip it the other way. The servant supported, submitted, obeyed, and worked so well for his master that his master went to go find Jesus. It's not about one or the other. It says, come on, Ali spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. You've got to go and work like you're working for the Lord. Everything we do should reflect everything we want to build with the church. So, one of the things our mission here at Prodeo is to connect everybody to life changing relationships. Up. With God, in with family, and out with those that still need to meet Jesus. And whether it's in your church or in your family, up needs to stay the same. It needs to stay. You need a life changing relationship with Jesus. Then you need life changing relationships in your family. And this is what Paul is writing. But then he goes, not just there, we need life changing relationships outside of our family. So, There's just three things I want to talk about before we close here. Based on what we have just read, the first thing we need to do as we develop a culture that allows people to grow number one, we need to be intentional. You need to be intentional with all your relationships, you need to be intentional with the way you love your wife. I remember when Ali and myself first got married, um, when we just got married, we, we prayed often together. We always prayed together. However, one day she got very upset with me while we were praying. She goes, You say nothing when I pray. I'm like, But, but it's a good prayer. I mean, we, you bring down heaven. She's like, Then say something. Look, what do you mean? Just go, hmm. I'm like, I don't understand. Make me understand. You see, this is the thing. Guys, I know we all make sound effects based on the things we like. So someone comes and talks to us about a car, and we go, yeah. Hey? When, 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 like, on the Muso, it's like, dude, you must hear this riff. And the guy goes, sweet, yeah. When your wife prays, go, yes, amen. When she cooks you food, go, mmm, that is good. Don't just sit there and go, oh, man, I wish you cooked like those people on Chef. You see, you need to be intentional with what you want to do. You need to be intentional in your relationships. If you want to love your wife, I love you because. Pause. Think about it quickly, guys. Write it down. Don't WhatsApp it to her. Hello. her. Be intentional. Wives, be intentional about submitting to your husbands. Kids, be intentional about obeying your parents. Parents, be intentional about loving your kids. You see, everything that Paul's talking about, he's saying you need to be intentional if you want to change the game. The culture that we are in, we need to be intentional about changing it. You can't expect something to grow without putting in the work. As you can see, I go to gym. I do, actually. But I know a couple of guys that are very intentional about how they gym. Because you can't eat whatever you want and expect to be healthy and grow properly you need to be intentional about going to gym so why can't we be intentional about our relationships with our spouses our parents our kids in our work if you want to see your workplace change how intentional are you about showing who jesus is so number one we need to be intentional number two bring what you want Anybody been invited to a bring and bribe? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring what you want, right? You don't bring what other people want. You bring what you want. And then we share it. Now, I know some of you go, Milo, it's my steak. I'm like, it's okay, but bring what you want. Hey, normally, you ask when you get invited to a bride, like, is there anything else I can bring? And then those the will say, oh, maybe chips and your favorite drink or whatever. But you bring that to share it. You bring your flavored chips, I like salt and vinegar. I know you do too. You bring your flavoured chips, maybe slab chips, with some salt and vinegar on it. Maybe I should be better at telling what, I, what you like. Right, my house, <laughs> salt and vinegar chips, <laughs> very nice. But this is the thing, bring what you want. When it comes to your relationships, what you want in the relationship, you need to bring it to the table. You can't just come expecting something to happen. What is, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say dream home? Without conferring with your with your spouse, dream home. Guys, what's the first thing you think about? Come on, throw some answers at me. Me, I'm thinking, uh, oh, just big TV. My own room. My wife, she will go, oh, curtains. I'm like, forget the curtains. Gas stove. <laughs> If I go camping, what is the first thing that comes to mind? It's like, ugh. Some people are like, oh, man. divorce. Most guys are like, DSTV. Have you seen these people go camping? I'm like, why would you leave? Never mind, let's carry on. Going off the point. But whatever you want in the relationship, you need to bring that. When Alison and myself got married... We, I stayed by my parents up until the day I said I do. And then we moved in. But when we moved into the house, we brought what we wanted. And people gave what we needed. You see, bring what you want, you'll get what you need. If you want love, bring love. If you want submission, bring it. If you want honor and obedience, bring that. What you want, you need to bring. When we create a culture, we want to see a culture is something we carry with us everywhere. So you're going to have to be love outside of your family and outside of this church. You've got to be obedient outside of this church and outside of your family as well. Everything you do needs to be in everything you do. Whether you're at home, work, church, hanging with friends, we need to change the game. So bring what you want. And then the last thing is, start at the top. Colossians was written as one letter to this church. And only years later did it get chapters and divisions. And while I was busy prepping, I believe if you go and have a look at your Bible, it will show you when you start at verse 18 of chapter 3, there's a heading that says something about family. But can I ask you to, let's just go take a step back one verse above that to verse 17. It says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So when you love, love like Jesus. How did Jesus love? He loved them to give them life and then he loved them so much that he would die for them. When you submit, submit like Jesus. Because just remember, he's the head and the church is the body. And we need to submit like he submitted to God in the Garden of Gethsemane where he goes, you know what? If it's your will, please take this cup away from me. But you know what? I'll submit to do What you say, I will do. Can we be obedient like Jesus was? No matter where we are, no matter what we do, he obeyed his father and he didn't change. Can we encourage and forgive like Jesus did? You know, start at the top, do whatever it is, work as though working for Jesus, lead Like leading for Jesus. You need to start at the top. We need to change the game. Whatever culture we want to bring in here needs to start at home. And it needs to carry on beyond our household. And so that is what Paul is writing to us at this moment, what he is speaking to us. Change the game. Quickly, if you are here, With your spouse, look them deep in the eye. Wow, there we go. Did you smile when you did that? There we go. You see, that is what started this whole journey with your spouse, is that look. Be intentional about spending time with them. How many of you have kids that are here at this moment? Hey. Hey. Yeah, I'm your kid. (laughs) When your kids come running out of the children's ministry, love them. I got angry with my boy yesterday because he was interfering with my prep time. And all he wanted to do was show me something that he was doing. I'm like, I don't have time for this. And I had to repent and I went, You know what, Lord, I'm sorry. I need to have time for my kids as much as what I need time to prep because I want to be intentional about raising them properly so be intentional bring what you want and when things seem to be falling apart and when things seem to be a little bit difficult a little bit challenging start from the top put Jesus in everything put Jesus in your relationship with your spouse With your parents. If your parents drive you crazy, pray. If your kids drive you crazy, pray. No matter what it is, put Jesus in everything. Start at the top. And watch us change this world. Can we pray?